0: Faith Factor Impact, episode number five. Hey everybody, welcome to Faith Factor Impact, where we hang out with today's top non thought leaders to get refueled, reconnected, and inspiration. So let's go.
1: Who are we becoming in the process And that God is much more interested in the person we become than the place that
0: we reach? Hello, Impact listeners, Jay Everline here, your host, and I am fired up. To present to you today, our featured guest, Dr. Harold Arnold. Harold, welcome to the show. Thank you so much,
1: Brother Jesse. It's my pleasure and honor to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Dr. Harold Arnold is the founder of The Pursuit of Influence, an organization which teaches strategies for developing organizations, teams, and families with extraordinary influence. (laughs) Harold is a well-recognized author, speaker, and columnist, and has been featured in many public domains to include Focus on the Family and Urban Faith. Harold is a top-notch thought leader who's doing work that matters and making an impact. So Harold, I've shared just a little bit with folks about who you are. I've just met you at the local coffee shop there. Tell us a little bit about yourself personally in about 10 seconds.
1: Sure, where I am the father of two and the husband of one, Uh, married for 27 years, one of the things I'm most proud of. I'm an author of Marriage Rocks for Christian Couples, and I do a lot of leadership strategy type of things, but most of all, Brother Jesse, my heart is about helping people turn their hearts towards home and understand that developing leaders in our home is our highest calling, uh, and then that will have uh, effects. Out into the broader community.
0: Love that. Love that. Such passion and in that I can I can hear it coming through um, in, in the way that you introduced yourself. Family first, right?
1: That's right, man. It's gotta be.
0: So, Harold, we always start the top of our show off with a reflection. Would you take a moment and share your fle- reflection with us today?
1: Yeah, sure. Absolutely. One of the things and I, I tend to think about it a lot uh, and we live, uh, you know, so many of us are in this uh, influence space and trying to develop platforms, build things of that nature and get our voice out there and listening to all these influence and pundits and prognosticators and all of that stuff. And I sometimes it is so important for us to come back to the first sentence that Rick Warren starts off his book, Purpose Driven Life, with, it's not about you. It's not about you. And uh, you know, and so if we can remember as we platform building, we build, we do things with excellence, and we, and that's our calling, yes, to do things with a spirit of excellence. But so we have to keep in mind this idea: it's not about you. It's having a purpose-driven life. It's not about you. And so, hey, if it's not about you, then what is it about? It's about the people uh, that God has your in a, their life to intersect. And so it, it's about what, um what, and who God has you to become in order to influence the people that He brings in your path. Why is all of that? Because it's about drawing people uh, into a, a closer relationship to what their true purpose uh, here on earth is about. So that that when I kind of loo- start losing my way, sometimes I just try to really use that as my calibrating point, you know, my centering. Uh, point to remember. It's not about you.
0: I love that. It's not about you. And that's actually one of one of my favorite books, uh, Rick Warren's books that you mentioned there, and uh, great reflection to start us off. So Harold, you've had an interesting journey. Um, you've done a lot in your life and had a lot of accomplishments. So tell us a little bit about your journey and the steps you took to get to where you are today.
1: Yeah, it, it's been, a in some ways, it's been a circuitous journey. It um, I think one of the things I'd like to lead though is that it's a journey about faith uh, and uh in that faith on multiple levels uh for me you know growing i in undergrad that's kind of where you know where my adult life began uh undergraduate at Howard university met my wife there and we got engaged right after we graduated and married a year later and you know I was in the i t field and you know, there are things I liked about that, but I certainly didn't feel the higher sense of calling of, around that. And so it was, went on this journey to try to figure out what is it that, you know, what is it that I, uh, the impact that I am uh, here to have. And that led us on a journey from the East Coast to the West Coast uh, to do seminary and, and, and uh, doing a graduate degree in marriage and family therapy and, then going from the West Coast to the East Coast to do a PhD program in psychology, and uh, and then really laying into the Lord and saying, okay, Lord, what now? I, I know I heard your heart, uh, your heart as far as this marriage and family thing, but what about it? You know, and I had one of those Jacob moments where you know I was had to wrestle with the Lord and saying, I'm not gonna let go until you bless me or give me clarity. Uh, and from that experience, uh, Marriage Rocks, uh, was born. The Rocks is an acrostic for redemption, offering, covenant, knowledge, and sacred space. And in many ways, Marriage Rocks was kind of my foray into, um, you know, this influence space and, and getting my voice out there. Uh, and, you know, and then that opened some other doors and leadership opportunities to, uh, spearhead with, you know, with church leaders and uh, community leaders and uh, things of that nature. And, you know, and the journey continues. Um, and, you know, con- and it- it's really about uh trying to figure out how to help people uh, connect with uh, who God has for them to be and how that Needs to start at our very core. And so, you know, we, we have so many people that are focusing on leadership and how you can do leadership better and how you can be more productive and how you can build platforms and all of this stuff. And something is missing, Jesse. And uh, it's, and I think it goes back to the core of this notion that something if we don't turn our hearts towards our homes and what's going on with our children, what's going on with our spouses, what's going on in our vital um, familial relationships, there's going to be a tsunami, you know, a tsunami effect more broadly. And so, my my journey, what is my journey? Well, my journey is, you know, really about how do we become that person um, who can be authentic. I am and to what God has called me to be in my own home in the community, and then how I can encourage other people uh, to do the same thing, and, you know, I have degrees and a number of, de- many degrees uh, in different things in, in whether it's marriage and family therapy or psychology, um, but ultimately that's what, it, it's all about um, really how do I help people, add value to people to build their home life. Uh, in a way that to, to, to and see that as their greatest leadership domain to um to uh to have influence in uh and with that expectation that when that's handled, then that's going to have a, a um, an effect more broadly on their businesses on their organizations on the communities in our churches and you know um, more broadly
0: mm-hmm so, Harold, I mean, you said a lot there, and, um. I did. And that's okay. I, what, what I would so. For for our listeners, you you, you're talking about like making sure things at home are in order that's going to impact in a positive way. What what happens in the public domain for you and and be sustainable is what I'm getting from that. But give me some nuggets. Tell me, like, what are some of those things in terms of tactics that if if you will, just so folks can grab on to what does that look like?
1: yeah well let's um we can let's take we'll take it from two vantage points um you know we'll take we'll talk a little bit about um from a marital perspective we'll talk a little about from a parenting perspective um and but it's but first it it's about you right it's it's about who are you and what are you you know what is authentic you part of it is listening to yourself what is god stirring in you Stop trying to be an influencer before you even are, are really being um, introspective and in hearing what it is that um, your core strength is. What you need. What you are. Because I always believe that it starts in you first. Whatever it is that you have to say, and you know your purpose is an influence you for you out in the community. It always starts with you, and so. Uh, I think what we get—you mentioned—I love that word you use, sustainability. It's you can't sustain something you're saying out in the public sphere when you don't have the internal fortitude. uh, It doesn't pass the your stress test even internally. Mm -hmm. So that's where it's got to start. And so, and so, practically, that's about listening to yourself. That's about finding enough space where you can actually, um, you know, hear uh where we, you aren't so busy and so hairy and you know your to do and believe me I have my to do list is crazy. Mm-hmm. But creating that kind of space where um you can really hear God, you can you know, or you can hear your own um, you know, however you see purpose, you know, that you create space for that to happen. The next level of that is okay, when you are influencing out, I think out has to start with those relationships that are closest to you, your spousal relationship. Something very practically, for example, I was just writing on a new manuscript I'm working on right now, I was writing last night about this importance of being best friends you know, with your spouse. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we all have, you know, you want to talk tactically? That is very tactical. You know, when you're in that romantic phase, you know, you, you, you basically can't get out, for, you can't get close enough, right? You can't spend enough time together. When, when my wife and I first were dating, we would be on the phone all night, we would fall asleep on the phone, not even that we just wanted to hear each other breathing, right? And so, um and then you've been married 7, 10, 15 years, and you know, it's hard to find time to even speak, and we've seen data that su- suggest that couples spend less than 7 minutes a day, less than seven minutes a day, actually talking about things that are building the relationship. Now they'll talk about functional things, transactional things, mm-hmm. who's getting groceries, who's dropping off the kids, who's taking her to the piano, you know, but as far as the things that build the relationship doesn't happen, uh, very, uh, it doesn't happen enough. So really one key practical thing, Go and what will it take for you to be your spouse's best friend next week?
2: Mm.
1: What will that take? And if you don't know, that's a sign of a problem, right? Um, and if you do know, then you know take take some action about like that. What about your you know What about your kids? How and you know how plugged in are you? Your home, your the people in your home and your close relationships. Uh, they need to feel like. They are the priorities in your life, and and if they don't feel that way, you need to reallocate some of your time to your home if you want your business and your organization to thrive. Mm. Does that does how does that does that feel tactical? I I, um, I
0: I think it does. I think it does. I mean, for for our listeners, I'm hearing this this just just as as a summary for my takeaway is that. Mm-hmm. You really can't have public success without internal success. And right. as, as a if you're married, that means making sure that you have a thriving relationship with your spouse. Mm-hmm. If you're not, who are you and what is it that you were designed to do and tap into that in a in a real and meaningful way? Um, mm-hmm. And so I love that. I love that, um, Harold, that touches right home with kind of really the theme of Faith Factor Impact. And so thank you so much for bringing all of the richness uh, of your experiences and insight. And so, you know, Harold, after you've reached the point where you are now, you, you're you an author, you, you're you a columnist, you're a speaker, people hear your voice uh, all over the place. There can be this perception that, you know, things always always work out for you and you don't have any problems. But you know, you and I know very well that uh, that's not necessarily the case. In fact, during the pre-show, we kind of talked about that just briefly. But, you know, you've had some valley moments. So tell us about one valley moment a one challenge that you've had. What was that and how, what did you learn through that that valley moment?
1: I've had a ton of Valley moments. We need, uh, we probably need a few shows for that one. But, um, you know, I think it, it, one of the things um, that ties in with what I was just saying is, and, and this was a number of years ago. I'll give, give a couple of examples. But, one, you know, my wife said to me uh, a few years back now, but, you know, she said, "Hell, I love you, but I don't like you. Mm. And I was like, Jesse, I was blown away dude i'm like wow well how can I, i'm a, you know i'm a type a achiever personality type the idea of not doing something well just doesn't sit <laughs> you know right, it right. doesn't fit well with you uh, my personality type wants to do everything well uh that's kind of that achiever uh mindset but uh, and so for my wife of uh, you know a number of years by that point to say i love you but i don't like you Um, that was a wake up call for me, man. It doesn't mean that I did everything right after that, but it definitely was a point of, you know, of introspection and and what is going on. She loves me because, you know, she vowed that she would. Um, and, but I'm not her, she doesn't like me. And what does that mean? You know, it's, I'm not her. Friend, mm. <laughs> I mean, and it goes back to what I was just talking about earlier, and how we have to value those relationships at home. Because I'm saying that kind of anecdotally to me, but it's it's so rampant. Part of the the valley is, you know, that was definitely a valley moment for me. And, you know, and I, I try to use it as a a, a watershed uh, moment as well to say, feel like, you know, it was a wake-up call for me in some ways. What it looked like was me doing some serious, I'm coming back to this point again, this serious introspection mm-hmm. about who am I becoming, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I, I keep coming back to that point because I think... Ultimately, this process is for us, a for A-type personalities like me, we tend to be very destination-oriented. You know, it's about the goal, uh and it's about, you know, what do we need to do to get to that goal uh, with excellence? And I think one of the things that the, uh, the God keeps turning me back towards and encouraging me to turn, try to encourage other people in this regard is who are we becoming in the process? And that God is much more interested in the person we become than the place that we reach. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the goal, the, the being able to check a certain goal off on our to-do list. He's much more interested in who we become, who we've been. You know, it goes back to who we become as individuals, who we become in our homes with our, you know, our our families, in uh, the the influence and leadership that we show there, and then of course the the influence and who we become is important to what the community, the um. Sees and how that helps to connect people to their purpose um but it's if if we don't start with who we are becoming as individuals the whole thing gets
0: compromised mm-hmm. man Harold, that that was I mean that your wife coming to you saying that she loves you but she, she doesn't like you I mean man I applaud you for. Making, you know, making it through that. I mean, like you said, you're a type A personality and, and I'm sure you immediately went to, what do I have to do to fix this? You know, right, uh, um, right. but, um, man, awesome, awesome story, awesome story to share. So much there to, 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 to glean from that. Um, so I want to transition here a little bit, uh, Harold, and I want to get into leadership. And, um, you know, when I talk to successful leaders like yourself, there's often this defining moment or story (laughs) along your leadership journey that really sticks out. What would you say has had the greatest influence on your leadership style?
1: Mm. Um, I think a, a, a few years ago when my first book came out, um, marriage rocks, Christian couples, I was working with a PR person, Pam Perry, who's awesome. And, she kept saying partnership, partnership. And uh, I was, you know, I'm thinking I'm really trying to focus on my, this book. You know, I feel like God had paid, gave me this book. Um, it was an answer to prayer. And my job, you know, it is my type A personality. My job is to be the best steward of that. I have to stay focused on that, you know, and, um, and then, you know, and then the other things will take care of themselves. And in this, Pam Perry, my PR person at the time, she was like, Harold, you really have to think more about partnership. And I honestly did not take her seriously enough. Um, It wasn't until a few years later when I was kind of thrust into a leadership position with the Association for Marriage and Family Ministry. And I was put in this position, kind of leadership position, um, in a volunteer capacity with them and the whole theme was really about um, cultivating, developing a, a network of leaders uh, and, um, and how it really was about partnerships. And I began to see some of the things that Pam had tried to tell me several years earlier. Uh, it really, I really began not just know it, understand it cognitively, but really sunk into my spirit in a real, uh, in, in a really deeply profound way, I should say. Um, and in fact, I would say God convicted me about my vantage point, you know, and how myopic I was in focusing on, you know, my thing, my thing, my thing. How do I get my thing? And he, and I felt challenged, um, you know, to say, what is leadership? Well, leadership is really about focusing on your thing. You know, what is Jesse, what is Jesse's thing? What does God have Jesse doing? And how can you be, uh, how can you come alongside? How can you help Jesse in what he's doing? You know, and, you know, and, and all the other Jesse's, you know, mm-hmm. too. Um, and the, because that isn't what Donald Crable, in his book um calls the upside down kingdom in his book in 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 the scripture we see it's a reason where everything with faith is kind of flipped from the way we see it in culture. There's a reason that the last shall be first there's a reason that it's greater to give than to receive. you know there's a reason that the 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 elder shall serve the younger all of this is a this is a these are principles that are timeless that are evergreen. Uh, and it's about when we so when we're talking about leadership, what are we saying that the key the key thing is about partnership. It's not about you. It goes back to that Rick Warren quote, uh, you know, uh, opening of his book. It's not about you. It's really about partnerships. And how do you leverage um, those partnerships? How do you come alongside and empower in those partnerships? How do you serve people through those partnerships? That and and when you're in leadership, how do you, you know, the people that are following you? How do you empower them? Not how do you enable them, you know, but how do you empower them? You know, how do you think of those kind of relationships, you know, as partner partnering relationships? Um, and I think when if 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 there's one thing that I can say to leaders is to shift. Our, well, I guess I've said a lot today to leaders, but there's another thing I could say to leaders. is really to shift our focus from from us and our own agenda to changing our agenda to be what what other people's agenda is. Not other people's agenda for us,
2: mm-hmm.
1: no, but what is other people's agenda um, um for them. I like the way Zig Ziglar says it, that if you help enough people, get what they want, that you'll get everything that you want, Love you it. know, and yeah, if we can, but we get so focused and so, you know, so emphatic about the things that we want that we lose sight and we lose a priority about helping the very people that we are leading. And so I think that applies whether we're talking about a nonprofit setting, for-profit setting, you know, sports setting, What I mean, you know, I, I used to play a lot of basketball and I was a point guard, you know, and for me, what is, what is it about a point guard? Well, it's, certainly it's about distributing the ball, you know, finding the person in the right position in order to make them, make them look good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, what is leadership? Leadership is about being the point
0: guard. Yeah. I really, really like that. And, you know, while you were talking, there's kind of this quote that that was prompted, the one you mentioned about Zig Ziglar. But there's another one. And I don't know who to attribute it to, but it says, alone, we run faster, but together we go further. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And that just that resonated with me as you were talking about. You know, kind of the thing that stuck out for you as a leader and made made a, an impact in that partnership, that advice that right. you, you had received. So awesome. Awesome. So, Harold, on Faith Factor Impact, we believe that effective leadership can be the difference between surviving and thriving. And what would you say? Um, you know, separates the good from the great. What are some of the things that you see effective leaders doing that really separates them and makes them stand out? And you you may have talked about that a little bit with the partnership deal, but are there some other things that you could share in that space?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, there's a lot. I think what immediately comes to mind is something, honestly, that I continue to work on. I'm not even going to pretend like I'm even halfway is doing this as well as I'm like, but I know that this is an aspiration, um, and that's about um, really focus, you know, and we have a tendency um, to, especially those leaders who really are multi-talented, can do a lot of different things uh, well, it's a blessing, thank God for it, but it can also be a curse if you don't know how to manage it, Because because you can do a lot of things well, you end up doing a lot of things mm. well. Mm. right? Yeah, and, yeah. But because you do something well does not mean that you do it great, That's, right? And so it, and the problem is because so many people around us see all the things that we do well, we get all this positive affirmation, positive reinforcement about all the things that we do well. And so what does that make us want to do? The basic psychologist in me said, well, you want to keep doing that, right? Because you get affirmed. For, and that is reinforced, that you, you do all things well. And, and because we do that, we, there are a few things that we actually do, we, that we master and we become great, and that we great to the point where we can monetize it great. Right? And, um, and because we struggle to monetize it oftentimes, That we, it's not sustainable in that it continually has to be um, sourced or put, you know, we have to pull money from other pots in order to sustain and fund some of the things because we don't spend enough energy of our energy and laser like focus into something where we can master it, become the kind of go-to guru, maven for it in, you know, recognized um, in the public space. Um, And so I think it's kind of the jack of all trades thing. And, you know, Gary Keller and um, Jay Paperson wrote this book, um, you know, not too long ago called The One Thing, the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. And it's a Wall Street journal bestseller and the premise is this simple notion it's like asking yourself like what is the one thing that if i do that now I, it will make everything else easier or unnecessary mm. and so i think part of it you know and i said i definitely uh, encourage and suggest that book it really is a good book um, it, it, and the, 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 me- the key message of it is asking, continuing to come back to that question and focusing and just because you can do, having the strength of character, um, to recognize that just because I can do many things well does not mean that I should do many things. Mm-hmm. You know, and some of that goes back to the thing of partnership. Some of it goes back, you know, to pulling in other people to really help. Um, and maybe they can't do it as well as you can do it that that might be the case, but they can do it well enough, you know, and so and, and so that's I think the what I would encourage um, leaders uh, to do is to really kind of focus and do a gut check and what is that thing that really if you focus on that solely or mostly you could actually blow it up in 10X and take it to the next level um, and then let those other things um, be handled either, you know, just put them for later or bring other resources on in order to handle those other things, even though, yes, you could do them yourself. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. um, and so that would be my encouragement.
0: Yeah, that's a great, great, great segue because, you know, the next question I'm going to ask you is uh it's about this idea of genius talent. You know, so there's a lot of research. I'm sure you've 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 read it and and, and probably even wrote about it and just recently talked about it here with, with that. The one thing the book you referenced, there's a lot of research about operating in your area of strength to get the greatest results. Go figure. Right. And so we and we believe that God has given every individual what we call this genius level talent. So tell us, Harold, what's your genius level talent and how do you try to how do you consistently stay in that space of your genius talent?
1: Yeah, I don't know if I do consistently stay in that (laughs) space, but that is my aspiration. You know, I'm I'm not going to try to act like I have all this stuff together. I'm a work in process progress my friend and um but i'm in uh, but i'm aspiring um to be better at it i, I think what i'm the things that i am really uh, best at i'm good with relationships i'm good with people and really really hearing people having people n- next to me feeling that i'm really in their corner and i'm really hearing them um and feeling and people feeling off that I'm authentic um and i think it's because i genuinely am concerned i genu- genuinely want to hear you i genu- i'm not trying to use that as a tactic you know because one of the things you hear a lot in the platform building space these days is all about, you know, it's just about reciprocity, you know, and the basic notion of reciprocity is you give, 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 then you get an ask. Ultimately, I'm like, do you really care about me uh, or are you really just going through a formula so that you can get to your ask? Yeah. Um, And, you know, and I think one of my genius uh, talents, I think, is really having people feel, um, that I'm their advocate and I'm in their corner and that I care. Um, I'm also a very good teacher. That's one of my spiritual gifts. Um, it, it's teaching. Um, part of that is because I have I'm good at kind of seeing patterns um, and I'm good at uh, connecting. Uh, you know, connecting the dots, so to speak, kind of hearing what's going on with you, and seeing the patterns that are there. Um, and um, and so I think those are the things that um, probably make me stand out the best. I'm not the best writer. Um, I'm I'm certainly I'm not the best speaker, uh, but I think people. When I write and when I speak, I think they feel that sense of authenticity. And, you know, some people say, you know, and they even mistake me sometimes and call and say, ask me, am I a pastor? And I'm like, well, absolutely not. And, um, I'm a PK. I'm a preacher's kid. Um, I have no aspiration to be a pastor. And, um, but the more I've thought about that, because it's, I, it's been said to me and asked of me so many times. Is that what are they, when people say that, what are they sensing? Right? And, and what I, because I used to, honestly, I would be a little uh, off put by this. Why are people asking me about being a pastor? I have no interest in being a pastor. And, you know, but I think as I, as I reflect more on it, what I'm, what people are sensing is something that I'm actually quite proud of, you know, and I think people are sensing that care and a compassion and um, a sense of nurture and, a, you know, a sense that I care. And those are exactly the experience I want. When people rub shoulders with me, that's what I want them to feel. I want them to remember that's the way they felt when they were in my presence. I don't care if they remember whether I had a PhD. I don't care if they remember, you know, uh, you know the, the, how many books that I've written. Um, I don't care about any of that, but what I do care about, you know, is that notion of whether they um, really, what they felt and that they felt a connection, you know, and, and not really to me, but they felt a connection to something bigger, something higher, you know, their purpose, a sense of transcendence that type of thing. So um, I think when I think genius talent, that's what comes most immediately to mind.
0: Love it. Love it. Love it. So Harold, I'm going to transition here a bit and, and talk a little bit about faith and passion. And so we have what we call our ultimate faith factor question. And so tell us how has your faith shaped your success and the work that you do?
1: Well, if if you've heard pretty much from this entire discussion, (laughs) I think um, it's very critical. Um, and that's why I'm here. That's that's the way I roll. i I really look at my faith as the um as the genesis of what well no pun intended. <laughs> as as the genesis of what it is that um that drives me. I mean, I'm I'm really uh in I'm I'm pretty driven. to to whatever it is that God has ultimately for me to accomplish during my um, days on earth, uh, I'm really, I spend a lot of energy trying to be that, you know. Um, And and notice I said, I don't just say do that. I'm trying to be that. um, Mm -hmm. And because I think it's about who a herald has to become most of all, um, and and. Also, you know, in the being, there is a there is a doing for sure. Um, but you know, how has my face shaped my success? I mean, I just use one amazing story, and I'll try to make it brief. You know, when I was in, we were my wife and I were living in the in the D.C. area, and you know, um, we were one night. I was at our church, and I was a deacon there at the church, and I was um, on. It was a revival. We had a guest speaker in from Portland, Oregon, and she was in the pulpit, in the pulpit, and this is a large church, so there's thousands of people, there's more than a thousand people there, and but I was on the front row because of my office, and um Jesse, she came out of the pulpit, okay, mm-hmm. she walked, uh, the service is going on, she walked up to me personally, and she put the mic behind her back. And she said to me, "God just gave me a message to give you. He said for you to go. Do you understand?" He said, "Go." Mm-hmm. And I was startled. Can you imagine? Just all these people are staring, right? I mean, I, I wasn't even thinking about all those people at the time because I'm just, I'm struck. I'm like, what? I mean, it was surreal. Is mm-hmm. it's really happening? And then, just as she turned around and walked back up into the pulpit and continued on with the service, and so what she didn't know um, is that my wife and I were trying to we were trying to decide: do we move to California? Do we go move out there for me to do this marriage and family therapy program? But we have a house, we have our jobs here on the East Coast. We have our we have two children. Our son was six at the time, and our daughter was nine months. Oh, I mean, move to California? I mean, how do we do that? Um, and so we were debating and going back and forth. And that night, just the question was solved. The question was answered. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, God said go in this supernatural, miraculous way. He said go. Um, and there was no more question after that. At that point, the what? Is settled. It's just a matter of how. Um, and so, in answering your question, that is that is really the imagery, the anecdote that I like to come back to personally and to encourage others. You know, and I'll say to you, Jesse, God says go. You know, if and, you know who to all your listeners out there. You know, whatever He's stirring in you, God says go. And if He says go, it's not a matter of what. Stop asking if if is done. If he says go, it's just a matter of how. You know, go and figure out the how. What, um, seek wise counsel. Um, that's wisdom. But it, stop asking, stop on the if. You know, don't forget the if. God's got the if. And for us, that, that going has it changed the trajectory of our lives. Has it been all peaches and cream? Well, you've heard through this conversation that it has not been all peaches and cream. But that sense of obedience to that faith call is what separates the men from the boys, you know, the girls from the, the women. It's it's the, um, that's the, that's the leap, you know. And so whatever God is saying, go to you, I'd like to be that agent to encourage you to stop asking the if and just figure
0: out the how. Mm. Love it, love it, love it. So Hal, we're gonna we're gonna end our show with uh, our last few questions here, and, and I want to ask you if you could talk to little Harold, your younger self, and and give little Harold one piece of advice. What would that be?
1: I think I would have loved to know at a younger. I would deserve to internalize at a younger age to um, you know, to really invest. Um more in other people um you know i I was really self centered <laughs> you know as a kid, and you know a lot of that go went to my own upbringing and stuff That's a long much longer story um but you know it, it pretty self centered person, and because of that, um you know that has impact that had impact on my marriage in the, those early years um it has um impact on the relationships that you form. so I think um I would definitely say. Care for people. Just care for people. And, um, you know, yes, have good boundaries, um, but um, make it a priority uh, to care for people and do it with a sense of authenticity. And if you do that, everything else is going to take care of itself.
0: Awesome. Harold, share one book you've read that has had a lasting impact on the way you approach your work.
1: Yeah, well, let's just stick to the one that we were talking about. We kind of opened with um, the reflection with Purpose Driven Life, and I know that's one you said you read yourself. I think I'm going with that one, though, because that that book is one of the books that's really helped me to um, to really conceptualize and also operationalize um, that premise.
0: Wonderful. show one tip or action our listeners can take to make an impact in the next, say, one to two weeks and then end off with where people can find out more about you.
1: Yeah, so I would say, you know, we, we've kind of emphasized this point of becoming, who you become. So I would encourage each of us, go and find a, you know, whether it's a scripture, whether it's an affirmation, go find kind of what is your signature scripture, your signature affirmation. Um, something that, and that's something that every time when you feel um, the, the negative things come on that you can go to. It can be kind of your centering, um, centering scripture, centering quote, whatever. Go out today and find out what is that one um, quote, scripture, affirmation that will, can always help to center you on your purpose. Um, and, um, and then write that down. Somewhere. matter of fact, write that down everywhere. Put it in your phone. Put it in your iPad um, and so that it's continually in your face as you face the fiery darts that you inevitably are going to have to deal with. You can do this. You are greater as he that is in you than he that is in the world.
0: Love it. Folks, we say it all the time. The difference between the you now and the you later are the books you read and the people you meet. And you've been listening to... Dr. Harold Arnold, and Jay Everline. And until next time, let's make an impact.